It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. How long gone? Live from beautiful New York City. Them jeans still in the building, a shell of the man that we know and love after two days of activating. Um, let's let's give a kind of a wellness check for the for I'm the listeners. Shell, I feel good now. I the only we because of these blackout curtains at the at the lovely Carlisle. You be sleeping? <laughs> I be sleeping, man. <laughs> TJ Just be like sleep? too much. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. The blackout curtain is a gift and a curse, depending on you know, depending on what you're trying to do. <laughs> what, yeah, what how uh, how you're trying to make your your way in this world in this one life that we get. I'm sure the blackout curtains were really helpful at 2:30 a.m. on Tuesday night after our show, but maybe not so helpful <laughs> at kind of 10 a.m. on on when on you know a Thursday when we have to record. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The okay. blackout curtains are are a blessing or a curse, completely dependent on how much cocaine that you did the day before. Exactly. So we had we had our show at the Carlisle on Tuesday night. It was it was a pleasure. Thank you for to uh, obviously Stevie and Georgie and the whole purple team and the Carlisle, but also for our our good sport guests, uh, Will Welch. You know Jacob Gallagher, Will Welch, Nomi Fry, Bryn, Bryn. The whole squad kind of came up and and helped us out, and it was uh it was a for us by us situation. I um chose to leave around 11 p.m. go upstairs spend two hundred dollars on a small room service dinner for two and then mm -hmm. Jason kind of continued the party in his lavish suite until about three <laughs> is that is that fair to say yeah that nice uh, nice wordplay a, a dinner for two <laughs> and a dinner until three uh but but my dinner was more of uh Bud Lights, yeah. Now Bud J Lights and Tito's, Jason powered by Tito's, <laughs> powered by Tito's. Jason's a high low cat, so you're telling me that after partaking in some illegal substances, you were so hard up for liquor that you called downstairs. You you called room service at the Carlisle and asked for a twelve pack of Bud Light. That's right. Okay. Okay. Room service. Okay. May have come All right. To Post the, Malone. The room. <laughs> yeah. uh, the only difference is when Post Malone gets the alcohol <laughs> delivered somebody else you know signs for it and handles it he doesn't have to look anyone in the eye whereas i have to yeah look at the exact dollar amount of how many hundreds of dollars a uh, a nine dollar 12 pack of bud light costs <laughs> yeah, in, yeah, in this I, I don't, fake world i'm living in i don't want to put you on the spot here but at 76th and madison behind those hallowed you know between those hallowed walls how much is a 12 pack of bud light going for do you remember i because i need i kind of need you to remember it was like two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars for for what exactly? For twelve Bud Lights, like something <laughs> oh, I could shit. go into. I could oh, go shit. to Key Foods and buy oh, for, shit. you know, okay, maybe maybe on. under ten dollars. Oh, hold on, I thought maybe you had gotten an additional. You know, you'd gotten something else, maybe a little snack, maybe a, a late night. No, Caesar. We, we we got an additional. Um, we 
we just got some uh, some of those classic Carlisle bar snacks, some chips and some of those cheese. Okay. The 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 wheat thin XL, as we were talking about earlier. Yeah, wheat, wheat thin XL cheese flavor. Okay, so, so, so you got we definitely some bar had snacks. those. We had yeah, we had like two like big buckets full of those, which are still sitting in my kitchen kitchenette suite right now. You know, getting staler by the day. Did you get the nuts because if you have the nuts, I'd love for you to kind of messenger those downtown to me. No nuts because that's one of the best nut mix. One of the best nut mixes in the world. It's the, is it the Carlisle. The, even you're okay with the barbecue flavor? I, it's strange, but because it it's cut with some sweetness, it works for me. You, you, you typically don't play in the Bar- the, <laughs> the seas of mesquite. <laughs> the, the mesquite. No, and the other thing is the Carlisle has so many great bathrooms with nice hand soap available for me to kind of mm-hmm. wash down doctor style after I touch barbecue. That it's not really a problem, and it, it's okay. it, it does border on sterilized. Well, it does border on I need a shower territory, as you know. Um, but I'm able to kind of resist mm. that. Fellas, you ever eat a bag of nuts so loud you have to shower after? Is kind of <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. All right, so you so you spent two hundred dollars on a twelve pack of Bud Light. You woke up yesterday, and then yesterday we had a full day of. Uh, you didn't have a full day of action, but you did have to come back downtown because you were DJing the opening of the new sporty and rich lifestyle experience on green street in beautiful Soho. That's right. That's right. It was the first time I went downtown this entire trip, took the, <laughs> the subway and, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely uptown pilled now. I, I don't see how you people live in the yeah. cesspool known as anything below 75th <laughs> street. It's disgusting. It makes me sick to my stomach. Um, just constantly dodging the feces all over. I feel like I'm back home in Hollywood. I, I know it does. It does. I understand. What's the point? I understand that, but I'm glad that you were able to hit the cobblestone, um, to bless us on the decks. And, and <laughs> I, I, I feel like you, you have know, seen you DJ a lot in our relationship and I feel like some of your best work is done when really hungover. I feel like you, you're looser. You're having, you're having, you're having more fun. We're all having more fun. Right. All, all bets are off. I'm, I'm, I'm betting with, yeah. with funny money. None of this is real. None of this matters. You guys are yeah, just lucky yeah. that I'm here physically, let alone producing audio <laughs> yeah, yeah, at all. <laughs> yeah, Jason. So Jason, Jason's on the uh, ones and twos, enjoying a, a nice thick piece of bread and butter that that Chef Flynn mm-hmm. McGarry has laid out on the table. Schlag like drinking an orange juice. I mean, just just having. Honestly, you were having the, you were having the time of your life, and I, I it, it made me yeah, feel hanging good. out with babies. Yeah, Matt Goldman and, and brought his baby. There's a great photo of, of you, Matt Goldman, and the baby on on uh, BFA. Yeah, there, I took some videos. Well, follow me on Reels. Um, <laughs> but it, there was there was some sweet irony of like me DJing. Uh, you know the the wellness mecca of yeah. the tri-state area while having nothing well going on inside of my body. No. But luckily my brain is full of wellness uh, as as said by my dope tunes that you heard. But yeah, it was a, it was a well-attended activation but Oberg has been getting I mean the streets are ablaze. She's there's getting a, how long on level press. She there's a New York Times profile, there's a GQ profile. I'm sure there's a handful of other things rolling out but um all joking aside, very, very happy for her. The store's like pretty amazing. Um, and uh, her revenues reported at thirty million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm also deeply jealous. Um, and those those Birkins she's paying for herself. That's right. And that's something I can't say for most of you hoes. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's celebrate that when we can. Hair hair and nails, she pays for that herself. <laughs> Car note, 
that's all her there might be a couple cars um i uh independent after the after the the i stopped by the sporting rich activation to check in on jason make sure he was still there see flynn see oberg you know see the rest of the squad mm-hmm. um there was a lot of there's a lot of uh similar faces from the carlisle which was nice a couple two day in a row crossover felt like we we're in ibiza or something it, like it, that. Did, like, it did feel like here that. we go again i ventured to i kind of crossed the <laughs> I scabbed. I crossed the picket line, which for me is the Williamsburg Bridge, um, and did. Oh, mate. I went to Brooklyn to celebrate Nordstrom and Stone Island, and uh, it was at a, a new. It was at a, a new-ish. I guess it's not that new, but a hot spot called Bernie's, a place I've never been before. I can't get a table there. I had a delicious veggie burger. Um, the, the Caesar salad was amazing, had a mozzarella stick that was delicious. It was very good. It was kind of what I was craving. Um, but I was surrounded by streetwear goons, Mm -hmm. um, which was kind of a nice, a nice throwback. Saw a lot of, uh, a lot of people, uh, a friend of the show, Dizza was in the building Mm. because you know, he's, he's in the stone Island mob. Yeah. So I guess that means you're kind of in the stone Island mob as well, Chris, because you, well, you didn't. This was this was an elective appearance, right? Yeah, this was this wasn't paid. But you weren't the, you weren't paid you weren't paid to walk through. Anything. But I will say the attention to detail. I just want to point this out because it was very cool. They had the tablecloths on all the tables were made out of Stone Island fabric, mm. the famous proprietary Stone Island fabric, which is obviously waterproof. Which works very well for any spills, which what I thought a was a very, touch. Which I thought was a very clever touch. But yeah, I was out there a little later than I wanted to, talking to the Broskies for, for Nordstroms. Spare no expense. You can't spare any expense. But yeah, it was. Uh, I, I actually had a really good time. I had a good time. Was, I like the, the the duality of these fashion events. I'm I'm at the girls and the gays and the sporty and the rich and the famous and the healthy and the hot crowd. And then you're at the you know maybe not schlubbier, but not not you know what i mean i just think that's funny considering i'm a schlub and you're you know you're a sober health and fitness guy i got paid and you didn't you know there's a lot there's, of the, there's a, a lot. there's a sea change happening is what it feels like a lot of the pants that stone island makes are luckily elastic waist okay. so it kind of allows <laughs> the wearer to relax into it so i see what you mean but i went to but i think what you're forgetting here jason is that i was able to attend both events that's because i'm a that's what you have to do when you're in demand you kind of got to tap Get in you a man who can uh flip fuck who's verse exactly i'm a verse i'm a verse top when it comes to parties um but it did take forever to get there and it reminded me that i just couldn't take the train it didn't make sense but taking the train is, mm. the, is truly the only way to get around i just can't sit in traffic it makes me fucking insane makes me insane i don't mind it i i cannot i like it really makes me crazy if like, if i pay my hard-earned like 42 dollars to drive uh 0.8 miles i am <laughs> yeah. air, air conditioning's on i'm drinking the fucking water i'm not looking outside at all i'm just like on my phone i'm I'm enjoying myself. I'm making a meal out of it. I get no. I get that. I totally get that. And I think it. I I see both sides. Got my shoes I, up on the dash. I know you be balls and change hanging out. You got the balls hitting the leather. We do have a guest today. <laughs> uh, we do have a guest today, and, and we're talking to a legend, an OG, uh, the artist Jeff McFetridge, who I mean we've all been fans of and seen for years and years. Yeah. Um, he has done. I mean, he's done everything from the titles in in Spike Jones movies and the Virgin Suicides to the Milk Fed logo to you know Nike, Apple, um, 
etc etc he's also canadian which the i juice didn't know place in atwater yeah he's exactly a Cal- he's a calgary flamer i didn't know this but he was the the way he met spike jones he was the art director of grand royal mm-hmm. which was a a cult beastie boys magazine yeah um that 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 like is very collectible now which i didn't realize he was involved with but there's a new uh documentary about jeff it's called jeff mcfetra's drawing a life um, I think it's coming out soon um, and is directed by a man named uh, Dan Covert. Um, but thank you to friend of the show, Bill Powers, the gallerist, for, for putting this together. Um, I'm, I'm psyched to, to go to Gatwater and talk to Jeff. Yeah, as a fellow Atwater artist, of course, me working in the, uh, the boomerang <laughs> medium and, and Jeff kind of with the pen and the pad. It'll be sort of a pitcher's duel it's as more, to who has, you know, it's yeah, kind of like is, ultimate yeah, fighting, is, you know, like I'm jujitsu, he's taekwondo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. It could go, it could go either way. I hear both. I hear both. I mean, I want to find out also if um, I think it'll be nice to see who's got the bigger. I think we're going to pull out the credit card statements and kind of see who spent more money at, at Proof Bakery. Um, j- just kind of see, because Jeff has a family, so he might be buying extra croissants for the kids. Sure. You know what I mean? But you, but you have dogs, and I don't know what you're buying. You know, they might have <laughs> treats in there. I don't, know, I, don't know what, I don't know what it looks like. Hey, I don't go to Proof anymore. They're mean now. Let's go to, yeah. We don't like, we don't like employee-owned businesses. Let's, uh, let's give Jeff a call. They don't serve breeders there. <laughs> let's give them a Zoom. <laughs> How Long Gone is brought to you by our dear friends at BetterHelp, Jason. BetterHelp. You know, the summer travel season is coming up. Luckily, my BetterHelp therapist also fancies themselves a bit of a travel agent. So for maybe the first half of our sweet sessions, we we're spent off, obviously off clock going through, you know, hotels, ferries, <laughs> car rentals, restaurant recommendations. It's as if I have two wives. I have two wives inside of me. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, it, it is a fun way to find and connect different therapists. You get one that you really like. You guys are gossiping. You guys are chit-chatting. You guys are talking about your personal interests. Next thing you know, it's time to actually do the work. So it feels good building those uh, mental health relationships with people you actually like. And on BetterHelp, there are... So many different therapists to choose from. I don't like anyone. If you're thinking of starting <laughs> therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash howlong. Nice. How Long Gone is brought to you by Nutrafol. As you know, you know, hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health. Uh-oh. And internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and most importantly, grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker, stronger hair. Go ahead, give it a tug. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth suppy with over 1 million people seeking thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with considerably less shedding. Thank God. Take the first step (laughs) to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code how long? All one word. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals 
and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. I got Raf on the nut. <laughs> dot com promo code how long. That's Nutrafol.com <laughs> promo code how long. Jeff, Jeff, do you have headphones? I'm sure you've made some in your time. <laughs> yeah, let me get some. Co- let me grab a collab. Can you they don't have to be. Co- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me grab the beats. Just give me one second. These came out in 2011, actually. They still it's work. actually the only non collab um, electronic object <laughs> in my studio. I'm just going to do that to be modest, you know? Sure, sure. Yeah, I like, I like, I like the modesty. It's nice to be modest. You feel like a regular human every once in a while. Yeah, you know. I'll just put on my audiophile quality headphones. Oh, Jeff McFetridge, thank you for joining <laughs> okay. us. Jeff is Jeff is wearing headphones <laughs> that make me think he has kind of a Japanese style listening room in his house. Is that true? <laughs> Are you an audiophile, Jeff? It's true. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm. I'm not. Okay. I got some audio stuff though. I don't even want to talk about it. That's like embarrassing. What, what do you mean? This is a safe space, it's bro. Not, it's not embarrassing, Jeff. You've worked hard, and if you want to spend your money on a twenty thousand dollar preamp, that's on you, bro. Yeah. The slippery slope is I did the Grand Royal turntable poster. Yeah. For Grand Royal magazine, so it was like I didn't intend to like be into turntables. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> I like met and photographed every rare historic turntable oh. in Southern California with a friend. And so I so I ended up with like this beautiful VPI turntable. And then you're like, oh well I'm gonna get an amp. And then see so I ended up with this like mm. you know just simple Moran salts. It escalates. But that's the best reason I've ever heard to get into it is that you had access to the absolute best and by the end of the process you were just like all right fuck it I gotta get one of these. Yeah no you I just sort of like chanced into it. And it is, and it's like, uh, yeah, it was like, instead of waiting, it was like fast forward. Cause it's like, if you have like a techniques turntable, you're eventually going to be like, wait, what's a grown up turntable? You know? Sure. <laughs> of course. Like there's gotta be, there's, there's always something better. And that's a big part of adulthood is making as much money as you can to always buy the thing that's better. <laughs> um, it's kind of. It's a little bit of a, 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 a tail chase, but that's really where we're at. You know what I mean? The older I get. I, or or the, yeah, or the purpose of adulthood is to carefully not do that. Okay. Well, you know? okay. We, no, we, <laughs> haven't, we haven't got to that page of the book yeah. yet, Jeff. Okay. All right, Jeff. You're a little older than us. I've heard that's the later. I've heard ta- that that's the later pages when you like are like. I'm getting rid of all the turntables and vintage cars. Oh, okay. When you go when you go into unload mode because yes. you're enlightened and you don't need that crap anymore. Yeah. I mean, you don't need it, but why get rid of it? What who, what are you going to do with it? I, that's this is give it to give it to people who are lesser. Sell it to like young the young collector mode dudes. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah you know. Yeah. The, the, I under I, there's 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 always somebody that wants it more than you. Yeah. Is the is the reality. Yeah. Especially if you've had it for if you've had it for a little while. But what then else, when uh, you sell it to that young collector, what do you use that money with? Do you donate it to the Red Cross? I know it's true. Get out of no, here. No, he's got he's got kids in he's got kids in private school and shit, Jason. We don't even understand what this guy's dealing with. Uh this guy's uh, got bills. Yeah, you're raising a you're raising a horse girl, right? That shit ain't cheap. Wow, how do you know that? <laughs> Instagram. Oh no! Is, is your oh no? Is your daughter? Do- have you? Is your daughter an equestrian? My daughter is an equestrian. Yes. Oh, Jeff. this is daughter number two. I know, dude. Jeff. You better Hard get off. Part. You better get off the phone with us right now and start painting because that shit ain't that ain't cheap. So I don't know how. What, what, what should- yeah, sell sell one of those Rimowas. 
while we're at, while we're chatting. Now, when this happened, is this something that maybe you and your wife were into, or did she just discover it on her own, and you guys have just been able to like encourage her, and she loves it? Daddy, what's the most expensive thing we can do? Yeah, Daddy, <laughs> I like yachts. Like it's like you buy a children's book, like he is for boat, and you go and yeah. buy a yacht. You know the next day. What's why for? Um, H is for horse. <laughs> well, there are there used to be um, these pony rides in Griffith Park, and it's like a yeah. terrible story actually. That's a really interesting story that it's recently closed down, mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of controversial. Um, but it's sort of like uh, if you could tell the story of Los Angeles. By yeah. the story of the pony rides disappearing in Griffith Park. I didn't know they disappeared. That's like a thing that I've, I mean, I've seen since I started coming to LA. I feel like it's a pretty like well known. So is there, is this like a animal rights issue or was it like some weird government kind of <laughs> inside baseball? Is it a Freemason thing? Yeah. yeah I mean, exactly. I, as a, uh, I love a conspiracy, but um, there were people that were talking about it about like animal rights but it's it weren't it wasn't people from within like the horse community mm-hmm. so it's like you know they were talking about these ponies not being taken care of and and i think like you know ponies are like a complicated thing like ponies actually like yeah working sort of and they like being all together huh. so there was like there's a lot of things about the the ponies um <laughs> and but there were people that were just like get rid of all you know animals work for money or something sure and then also the park i think the park i don't know what's going on with griffith park but you know they're trying to build in they're just trying to expand the zoo like griffith park is this amazing resource in los angeles and it's meant to be wilderness yeah yeah but it's um there's always pressures on it so this pony rides which was really cute and tons of kids like my daughters learned to ride or learn to love oh horses. okay that's like the original experience that's the original experience they yeah have. And so now it's it it's sort of gone. Just like the public pool across the way is now closed, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so anyway, I, I mean, it's sort of an interesting story. But that was the gateway. And then my my wife rode when she was a kid. So okay. But it is also like you know your kids like when you have kids, inevitably they're going to be into something. So like, are you going to be in a gym? Let's hope so. Yeah, hopefully. Best yeah, case, or like, best case yeah. scenario. Or, yeah. You hopefully know. it's not. Uh, hopefully it's not leaving Reddit comments. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's that. That's a bonus. That's like mandatory. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They could be like doing like first person shooter games. <laughs> or um, yeah. yeah, yeah. She sounds like she's having more fun. Yeah. So what? But I guess I've always wondered about this because equestrian is something that is a little out of my purview. But what is if you're really into this and you're doing it? How how old is she? Is she like eleven, twelve? She's four, the yeah, my younger daughter's 14 damn all right damn jeff's got real kids adult kids all right so she's 14 yeah so how much time is like allotted is this like the main activity outside of school basically yeah yeah she rides every day okay she rides every day oh wow okay Shit. every day damn yeah i didn't realize okay and, yeah. and is there a goal is this like is this looked at as a hobby or is this like something that she's like, I want to take this as far as I, I can the, go. The goal is to liquidate the Wells Fargo checking. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. I mean, we're just go, you know, it's just like go until you, you, it's just totally bone dry and you just like, you're like, dad, yeah. dad, have you heard of dad? Have you heard of this brand Hermes? They make beautiful saddles. I don't know. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like this type of stuff, like, I mean, talk to parents who have their kids in hockey. I mean, I grew up, in in canada and so kids played hockey and hockey is like it's no joke expense wise and and but it's really the time thing so it's like we spend time like when we you know i just dropped her off at the barn she's at the barn she'll be there all morning (laughs) and is that where is that her podcast studio pardon me (laughs) exactly sounds like the name of her podcast studio the barn (laughs) 
<laughs> Coming live from the barn. Yeah, it does feel live Sorry, from the barn. Very much so. All right, so you drop her off at the barn. Okay, so you just yep. drop her off at the barn. And she'll be there all day. But and, but in, so for us, it's like, you know, it's like you, you spend time in like a gymnasium somewhere. or mm-hmm. But yes, it is lake. ridiculous. I mean, I could have a beach house or I could have daughters that know how to jump a horse. <laughs> Yeah. So. I mean, <laughs> when you put it that way, yeah, don't yeah, put it that really, way. Yeah, that kind of never put it that way. That's like never, I just whatever you do, like my internal monologue. Whatever like, you do, outside. do not do that. I, I, um, I didn't know you were from Canada actually until we were getting ready for this, and we're a, we're a friends of the of North America's hat. So it's nice to have another another Canadian join us. But Calgary is kind of one of the undiscovered gems of, and it's funny. That, that, that your daughters have, have become equestrians because Calgary is mainly known for the stampede. Is that is that correct? Yeah, no, I come from a very horsey place, but like <laughs> I, I, I am not the horsey person in the family. Um, uh, it's like a mil- more than a million people. Like it, like as the the like the price of oil per barrel sure. goes up, yeah. the population <laughs> goes up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think where we're at now, it's probably like right around a million people. Okay. So it's like, yeah, it's like a, I guess that's like a small. I'm from like a small town, sort of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as far as Canada goes, you could get you could go prairie vibes, you know, and then it's really small. But Calgary is at least something people recognize. There's a hockey team, and it is known for the oil export. You know, it's the Dallas of Canada or whatever. Well, I, I would say Edmonton is more so. Oh, I guess that's true. It's in the name. Whoa. But that's that's where the <laughs> hill buddy. people oil live, though, you know? What's up with Edmonton, Jeff? You been there? I Yeah, I lived in Edmonton for a while. What? Yeah. I prefer Calgary to Edmonton much more. No offense to my Edmontoners. Yeah, no. I mean, they're really different. There's like two... There. I mean, it's like Canada's amazing. Like, the, the space between... Like, road tripping in America Yeah, is totally different. Like, you're like, this town, the little town, like like mountain town and then you know and in canada it's like town huge pause town nothing yeah yeah yeah, no 11 hours of dirt yeah like i used to what i actually grew up in saint albert which is outside of edmonton like a really tiny town okay so there's aspects of my childhood that are like really like like a kid's book where you play in a pond and Mm. yeah, real like in the trees picking, you know, picking berries all afternoon, you know, stuff like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, and even to me, like, it's like, wait, is that like a dream? Like taking, I would take the train to visit my grandparents, like alone, alone. And it would be like a train, like a train, like (laughs) the the only thing in your Remoa is a teddy bear. Not a Remoa vibe, more like a, like a carpet bag, like satchel. Okay, he's going. Of, he's going okay. satchel with the tattered teddy bear dragging the ground. Yes, exactly. You made the picture. A Bodhi, uh, a Bodhi <laughs> scarf wrapped around a small stick hung over your yes, shoulder, exactly. something like that. Yeah, like Paddington. Yeah. Like I'm like a. I with, I was Paddington when I was with a child. just a few provisions for the train ride. You know, to make it through a block of cheese, maybe some bread, a, f- a few a few cans of sardines, some really good butter. That's probably about it. <laughs> no, it was like. Bannock, you know, a, a piece of bannock and jerk, and you know, like bison jerky. Bannock? What is bannock? What is bannock? Bannock? You don't know what bannock? Um, that sounds like the last name of one of your hockey players. Bannock is like this, like doughy, like native, uh, like bread. 
that you like oh. cook on the fire. It was, I guess that's, yeah, maybe that's. Something. This sounds, this sounds delicious. Doughy native bread. Yeah, it's this delicious. sounds good. Yeah. yeah. What, what is the. Yeah, it's like a fun camping thing to do. What can you compare it to for maybe. Sounds like a blast. A bread we would recognize. Just pizza dough or like, I mean, it's just like oh, flour okay. and water. And yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, that. yeah. The most simple. Oh, got yeah. it. Got it. Got it. Damn. Okay. okay. So Pop-tart. you would take the train, but how long was this train ride? <laughs> like, was this like an overnight train or is this a couple hours? Um, This would be, I guess the story. I guess the story that comes to mind is like being put on the train by my parents and they would seat me next to like a native guy who would like, cause there were always like native guys like traveling the train and they were always like, they were these very sweet. They would like basically like take care of you. Yeah. And, but that seems kind of crazy now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so wait, wait, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. When you say a native guy, could you explain that exactly to our listeners who might not be aware? Like a like a native Canadian. Right. Like a Blackfoot Indian. Right. Okay. You know, like that's who. And I think now in retrospect, like maybe they thought because I looked like I had long black hair and, yeah. you know, maybe they thought you like, are I was giving native esque. Yeah. Um, yeah. Half Chinese. is <laughs> like, like Basically, you're like a Beringian, you know, like mm. I came the long way around. Sure. But <laughs> sure. You know, same type of thing. Like, I, you know? I recognize this guy. Your parents plop you down next to a native elder and you you go, are you my new daddy mode? And then they look after you. <laughs> <laughs> well, make the, sure I mean, you have is, uh three square meals a day well it's like one it's like i don't know how it's like probably it's like a three hour drive so on the train it's like longer you okay. know yeah but yeah. like this is like a very specific moment seated next to this guy i was i was just like probably nine or ten maybe and then mm-hmm. like so this is the memory i have and then there's like a blizzard and i remember being on the train and it stops because it's just on the open prairie and just being on this train and I like it's this it's like one of my early memories and like it seems like it's out of like another century but being on this train <laughs> it's starting to get cold and the the, tra- the tracks are covered in snow and I'm with this guy who's like you know I, it, it's just like a it, it's sort of an amazing like there's aspects it's sort of like the when I started making art there weren't computers. Sure. It's sort of like, sure, that. sure, sure. You know what I mean? Like, it's like this sort of like, wait, what? Like, when I moved to LA, there were no cell phones. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Speaking of computers, this sounds like you are going to be met with an Oregon Trail like fate. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, this, I'm not, I'm not on, you're eating, you're eating jerky and, and your weird breads. Morale is low, dysentery's kicking yeah, in. Exactly. You can't ford the river because it's frozen. Yeah, exactly. We, we are too late. <laughs> To pass. Yeah. <laughs> no. I don't know what happened, how we got out of it. Some Sometimes I think uh, about how, you know, we're that generation of, you know, we know what life was like before the internet. Uh, but you you were really kind of like the, the a great example of getting a, a healthy dose of life pre-digital age and now, you know, doing a good job adapting to the current, you know, electric computer art kind of world. Yeah. Is that is that something you think about a lot? I really do. I mean, I think it's like I feel very lucky because it's like you can be like way too early, you know, like I, like I think yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like the computers showed up like for me, like I was making things as a kid. And then once the computer came, like you could really operate like for me, it was like it meant like, oh, I can just have a studio. That's just me. Mm-hmm. That was because of the computer, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, so like yeah. the, the like a generation just before me would be like, I need 
these resources to send stuff to press or mm -hmm. sort of like produce things like because I was into like making stuff like I was really into like sort of doing design as well as making art. But so like this sort of like the design aspect of it, it, it could be really like whatever I wanted. Like, I didn't have to be like, oh, I need these clients and all these resources, mm. you know, because of the computer just sort of like skipped a lot of stuff. The idea of laying out a magazine, like designing a magazine <laughs> without a computer, I think for a lot of our listeners is a very tough thing to wrap their head around. Um, yeah. Does that mean that you just had a, a lot of nice exacto knives and you were just <laughs> kind of on the drafting table or or walk us through an issue? You know, like, what does that actually look like? I mean, I never I didn't I didn't do like by the time I made magazines, it, it was digital. So I'm, I'm yeah, both okay, people. Okay. But at the same time, like I when I did my first snowboards, like the first snowboard I made was a piece of paper, like a board the size of a snowboard you know <laughs> like it was like yeah that, oh, i'm making a snowboard i don't know why that, that makes total sense but for some reason it's really funny i don't yeah, i don't because I, back then what else would it be the idea of you like crawling around on the floor trying to get from the bottom to the top with some you know colored pencils yeah i drew the thing and then you go like well then how is it color and so you do these layers on it wow. and you feel and you tell the printer like this is going to be this color this is going to be this color Holy and you shit. spec it out and that's pr production ready art so like I'm formed by this idea that I, my first art making was sort of like production ready art. Yeah. So, um, and then, so there was production art and then there's art FPO art for position only. Yeah. So for position only is like where you make something and you make notes on it and you'll say like, print this, print this. And then the printer takes it and makes all those separations and prints it. And so, but there's these stages. So like when you make, the production art you, it has to be perfect like that's gonna go yeah that's sports illustrated that's or that's, whatever that's yeah your cartoon <laughs> yeah, 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 in, yeah, the, yeah. in playboy magazine or whatever all these things are in the entire world was made by things that were this high consequence mm -hmm. which i view as like a type of art making right totally no it yeah, has I no mean. value <laughs> like people would take milton glazer's production art that he sent for an album cover and throw it out like that was it it was like okay we took a photo of it. Now we got what we out. needed. We, we we did what we had to do with this. And now we're going to yeah. clutter. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of insane. That's it's kind insane. of insane. When you think about that. Yeah. The second year I made snowboards, I was like, I'm going to do this with my computer, which was uh, when I sent. So it was insane. Like you do preview mode in Illustrator and I'd go for dinner and come back and it would then show me <laughs> like it was so <laughs> brutal. And then it and then I when I sent it to press, the people who were in Vermont or something that were printing, making this numbers, they were like, no one's ever done this before. You've crashed our machines. You know, it's not possible. Oh, so you, know? you, you were basically like early because you had a computer and you're like, guys, there's a better way to do this. Yeah. You sent them the files and they're like, chief, we don't really know how to handle this. Yeah, they're like, yeah, like you could do one part of the snowboard, but like, the, the, since the entire thing was a graphic, like a skateboard, which was also really unusual. Yeah, no, yeah. People weren't doing, people would do like, there was a logo on the tail. Right. There was like a, you know yeah. what I mean? So, so that means like the actual, like literal file size was a scale snowboard, and <laughs> computers back then did not handle, you know, like a six foot long JPEG. No. It would just crash their shit. Yeah, it was bombed. Damn, that's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, it crashed their shit, which is like now, you know, obviously that's, it was probably like, four megabytes that, <laughs> um, it likely. wasn't actually that big we didn't have to mail the hard drive or anything but it was a different it was a different time yeah yeah <laughs> well, i was just gonna say like there was many times in my like it just the time i was born into like when i was doing titles and i'm with the guy and we're doing optical titles 
like you can hear this banging upstairs and he's like, yeah, they're building the digital studio upstairs. And I'm working with him on an Oxbury, which is like how they shot like the titles. Like, I mean, the guy probably shot the Gone with the Wind titles, you know, <laughs> and you shoot it with a camera. It's a similar spirit as like production ready art. So you're saying you're saying if you're you're saying when you're doing titles for a movie, you're building them. And then they're shooting them. There's not a computer element of it. It's all physical, yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah, like if you look at Buffalo 66, the beginning of Buffalo 66, yeah, yeah. it's all opticals that he did because it's like cool. Okay. And around that okay. time, like when I did Virgin Suicides or Buffalo, like that that sort of time mm -hmm. in the whenever that was, like 2000s, um, yeah. that was the last days of optical printing for titles. Like they were still doing it. Like if you look at movies and they look like they look good, like they look, they have that yeah. like, oh, this looks like, <laughs> yeah. Like it has like that texture and a little jitter and mm -hmm. um, those that was sort of that was at the same time. So I mean, I guess it's just a wave of like digital. Is that stuff something, happening title wise? Is that something that some filmmakers still do because they like fetishize it and it's cool? Yes. Like Quentin Tarantino. Like you see sure, it when okay. you know it. If you care and you watch, you'll see it all the time. Like Quentin Tarantino or yeah. um, uh, Wes Anderson or. Um, yeah. They're doing optical printing. Yeah, I feel like you can kind of do that. You can kind of figure out who's going to be doing that and who's not. Yeah, for and, sure, and for sure. Yeah, the, the West. It's the most Wes Anderson thing of all time to do. Yeah, and so then we have to go like, do we care? Like, do we care about things done? And I think it's like an interesting. Like, I think it's interesting. Like, I don't think like digital stuff is fine. Like, I use like digital tools all the time. Like, I use all these different tools, you know, like yeah, I'm not you, like a steam, yeah. steampunk, but I do love <laughs> like, I sort of make it very clear. I'm not a steampunk, but I will build some shit. Okay. I will wear a top hat with a clock in it, but I wear it with something you know, very contemporary, you know, a Balenciaga buff. I mix. I mix. <laughs> mix. Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Say goodbye to swiping left on lackluster meals and swipe right for the one brand that will make your taste buds swoon. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef design recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, I like to chop myself, or quick microwave meals that are assembled in minutes, Home Chef has you and your entire family covered for delicious meals, witty options per week, and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. I'm keto now. Not only is it convenient, but it is also economical. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Mamma mia. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering my listeners... Our listeners, 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert faux life at homechef.com slash how long. That's homechef.com slash how long for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash how long must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Career World is a new cookbook written by Dookie Hong and friend of the show, Matt Rodbard. The New York Times best-selling authors of the book Koreatown. Korea World is a vibrant exploration of the evolution of Korean cuisine, both in Korea and in Korea towns across the United States. 
with more than 75 bold, flavor-packed recipes and stunning photography. The authors take an inside look at the exciting evolution of Korean food through stories of chefs, home cooks, as well as recipes that are shaping modern Korean cuisine. The book begins in Seoul, where the barbecue scene is pushing into new territory and where the city's third wave coffee culture is exploding. The tour continues with late-night food adventures in Los Angeles, my hometown, and stops into the kitchens of innovative chefs from New York City to Portland, who are putting modern spins on Korean classics. Recipes include giant short ribs, whole fried smash rockfish, and pineapple kimchi fried rice. I'm sad I didn't get to name the foods and you did. <laughs> Korea World is essential reading for anyone curious about the future of food. Available wherever books are sold. I mean, I guess it's like they're, they're really interesting art making tools. Like it's the same way as like, um, like artists use like tools of fabrication. Like if you're Donald Judd, you're like, wait, the guys that make the vents in my building are artists. Yeah. Like it's incredible, yeah. you know? And I think like commercial art, there's a lot of art, like the way type is set, optical printing. Like I would watch like an art film that was all done with optical printing, you know? Yeah. And I think that there is, there are these, I think it's like understanding like tools is really important. Like mechanical sort of creativity is like super, I think, interesting. And I think like it's using those with like concept, you know, conceptual thinking is like really what I'm like interested in. I mean, I feel like this is the the most exposure I've had to this kind of conversation is like, a you know, like when people were mad that Jurgen Teller started shooting digital, Yeah, you know, and they're like, I can't believe he made it. It's like, the guy's done it long enough. He 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 deserves to be able to experiment with something new. Yeah, like it, it might change. It might change the way something feels to you. But I feel like it might. Like if you don't know, do you do you not notice? Is my yes. is what I'm saying. If mm. he wasn't talking about it, if he wasn't like, yeah, shut all this shit, my iPhone, fuck you. Like, would we actually know? Like maybe, but most people wouldn't. You know, yeah. it's about like. If you like someone's work, you have to trust their process to yeah. me. Like, because yeah, yeah. uh, with photography, especially, it's not about equipment, it's about the vision. Yeah. In the relationship to the subject, you know? But I feel like that discussion was so hotly, it's still hotly debated, you know? Yeah. Because it's, there's, and like it, with all this stuff, there's a cost associated with it. Like, we've gotten to the point where digital is a lot cheaper. Yeah. So you're asking people to pay more or spend more to do it the old way, which seems counterintuitive to a lot of people, I think. No, and I think I think I think that's like a perfect example of like we're in like a very good place, I think, now with photography where you can just do whatever you want. Like it's sort of like a boring conversation. And that's what you sort of want it to be. Because like I <laughs> yeah. think there was the time yeah, when people were yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when they saw all the developers like liquidating their equipment, like everything was closing. You couldn't get film and all that yeah. stuff. Like that's when there's becomes like that conversation gets really like, ugh. Like, but now it's sort of nice because there's both. No, totally. You know, and I think I I think that losing like a knowledge is like sort of terrifying or losing mm -hmm. resources for photographers, you know. I just think that I just think that there is a feeling, like you're saying. There's like a way, like the, the way you're describing those, the 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 optical, like it's like you feel it and you see it. And even if you don't know what you're seeing, you like it. <laughs> you yeah, you know. No, like I, you, yeah, like, you don't know why you like it, but you like it. Yeah, no, when you see like I see films and it's like they redo the titles because they've reformatted or something. And it's like, because it's yeah, yeah. super crisp <laughs> and like over, you know, 35 mil, you know, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Like, no, no. I mean, I, I just think that that's I, I being able to do both is is the uh, is is the 
the kind of the only way to move forward. I feel like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And get on to better. The snowboarding thing is interesting because I feel like a lot of, a lot of your generation, like artists, like got like a lot of opportunities from skateboarding and snowboarding. Like graphic wise, like that, you know, and, and most of the stuff you were doing, was it for Burton? It was for Barfoot. I did work for Burton later, but there was this company okay. called Barfoot, which is like, sounds like. Hold Burton. on, Barfoot? B-A-R-F-O-O-T? <laughs> yes. hmm. It was a guy named Chuck Barfoot. He was like a Santa Barbara guy. So Tom Sims, Chuck oh, Barfoot, okay. right. like they're these, okay. Okay. you know, he's he started, he was like, uh, he was maybe too early, but he was like an early days. <laughs> Uh, snowboard guy back back when it was just pirates and vagabonds kind of vibe. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. it was very vagabondy. It was yeah, it was like it Aspen. Was. Aspen wasn't settled yet. There wasn't a yeah. kith there, so it was kind of choose your own adventure. You know, it's tough. <laughs> there wasn't a kith. No, there was. Um, it was yeah. It was like uh, uh, like snowboarding was banned. Yeah at most ski resorts yeah. you know yeah. well this is this is top of mind for me because i recently watched the sean white documentary on hbo which is actually quite good uh -huh. and i didn't know i, I was honestly I, I didn't really know much about him and it was pretty interesting but the the there's a big portion and they had like news footage of like guys that work at the the ski like at the at the mountain basically being like we got to get these snowboarders the fuck out of here like we got to ban these guys this is causing a fucking problem mm -hmm. and then of course snowboarding booms you know and and but i feel like now it it's it's like skiing is cool again yes and snowboarding isn't quite as cool is that just like the the way it works with every trend yeah i guess it does i mean i guess it's yeah because if you think early days of snowboarding when they were talking about get these guys it was like snowboarding was like it came out of, I guess, a little bit of like there were Santa Barbara guys, so it came out of surf culture, and it was like homemade. That's so I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah, that. it's weird. I didn't know it was a Santa Barbara. Yeah, thing. so that very yeah, weird. and I mean in Vermont, Chuck Burton. Um, but the yeah, the, your snowboards were like really homemade. Mm -hmm. So if you think about that, like oh wait, when something's like homemade and you're wearing Sorels and you're <laughs> and you're sort of like you know what I mean, and then yeah, yeah, for yeah. us we were all like skaters, so like. It was like, wait, nobody's making money off this. Get them off the mountain. Like, not like those, the ski patrol weren't like thinking like capitalists, but <laughs> like the culture at large was sort of like, wait, there's no room for this, you know? Yeah. Um, but then it once it becomes, um, yeah, it, it sort of, be, it becomes like, oh, wait, we can like double the amount of people that want to come to the mountain. It sort of changed. Yeah. And it's, I guess it was, it seems more dangerous, but it's also like, I think that's because people are choosing to do tricks, you know, versus yeah. just like going fast. Yeah, exactly. Where it's all pretty fucking dangerous. Yeah, it's all fucking dangerous. I mean, it's, it's like whoever, like luckily like skiing exists already. Like no, you couldn't start a ski hill now. Like seriously, like it's <laughs> like, it is really, you know, like there's rocks everywhere and there's, you know, like, yeah, it's terrifying. It's, it, you know, it's truly like, but yeah, I mean, I think skiing, like the, the reality is like skiing like both are good, but like skiing is there's like skiing changed because of snowboarding. So ski, what we have in skiing now. Oh, I see. Yeah. Is like we skiing sort of, we stole a lot of really good, like the turn shapes and uh, like the sort of the spirit yeah. of a lot of snowboarding became like ski, like went into skiing where um, like shape skis came about after like, so interesting skis with, with big side cut and fatter skis. So there's all this stuff that skiing learned from snowboarding. So skiing is sort of, it's easier and it's, you have, you sort of have best of both worlds. Cause you can like walk around, you know, you're not like, sure. And, uh, <laughs> strapped to your desk. Yeah, yeah. You're not like, yeah. Cause you're a big, you're a big skier, right? 
I love skiing, yeah. But I feel like you're like an athlete and you're a runner too, aren't you? I, yeah, I have a lot of hobbies, but yes, I run and yeah, I love skiing. My man. Okay, so how do you? Okay, so you have a lot of hobbies, activities. Um, let's run down, kind of. <laughs> let's kind of run down. Are they are they physical in nature most of the time, or is it like brain exercises, puzzles? Like what are we? What are you running at? from, Jeffrey? <laughs> Completely <laughs> ignore the brain. No brain day. What? Okay. No brain day. Legs only. <laughs> yeah. So you have leg day, chest day, never brain day. That's that's cool. Yeah, never brain day. I don't have chest day either. Actually, it's just all legs. <laughs> Jason doesn't have chest day either. You guys have something in common. <laughs> <laughs> I also don't have leg day, but uh, yeah. but I do a lot of brain stuff. Yeah, Jason's okay. big on brain stuff. I, I guess speaking of the the evolution of of the way we all make money doing you know various forms of art, do you do you consider yourself now to be an influencer in, in so many ways? No, um, <laughs> but I guess I did. Like I I I mean I transitioned. Like another thing of like the digital transition, like. I can say like Instagram really did change my life. Yeah. You know, yeah. like in a positive way, like, like my friend, Eric Shatsky, he's like, there's this thing called Instagram and it was really early days. And I just used it to communicate with like five friends of like, we went to the park today, you know, <laughs> but like, it really did like on like the activities thing or drawing, you know, like, yeah. like the reality is like my brain is like drawing every day. So what I could share, like my influencer, uh, thing would be sharing little tiny drawings in my sketchbook that no one ever sees. Mm. And then a little bit like I went like skiing or skating or, you know, like it does show like actually what I spend tons of time doing, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't really put my family on there just because it feels like, well, this feels sort of sketchy. Yeah. Um, for sure. I don't put a like family photos or whatever, but I've always liked this idea. Like I've done, like in the past, I've like done talks. Like if I get asked to go to a college, like I'll do a talk and I'll just try to explain my process and, yeah, or I'll agree to do interviews, which for me is like, it's like, well, of course you would, but it's not really like in a lot of ways, it's like uncomfortable, right? Like it's uncomfortable to ha have to articulate yourself or have someone come into your studio and photograph you working. And mm. it's sort of easy to say no to that stuff. And I've always felt like, nah, don't just because it makes you uncomfortable doesn't mean like just try like you'll get better at it or you'll get comfortable or mm -hmm. like work it out you know work a, w a way to have this public conversation and so when instagram came about it was like oh well i can just take a photo of something that shows like some aspect of myself that's like this sort of like uh you know truthful or something so you got to be more in control of of your public persona you didn't have to use people who come into your home yeah and and, and document it in a very like sort of lazy way um, but yeah, I think people understood me more and you could see I basically was just this whole side of my life that not even my friends knew, you know, like, yeah, like, cause I, like I had tons of friends that didn't know I skied or what I did. Like, I don't have like a website really, or, um, I wouldn't have, no one knew anything I did, like any of the projects, unless you were like in my studio, like literally, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, there's sure, still like sure. thousands of yeah, things you know, like, in my studio. No one has ever seen. And I mean, people, I mean, mo most people don't even know what you didn't even know what you looked like. Oh, absolutely. Could walk past you on the street and not even know that it was you. No, yeah, absolutely. There was like five photos of me on the internet or something. Yeah. I mean, I've I've known of you for years and I haven't seen what you look like until today. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> uh, what's up, bro? I'm Jeff. Uh, <laughs> cool to meet you. And I, I lived in Atwater Village for almost 10 years. You know what wow, I mean? I probably crazy. walked past you 5,000 times. I know. It's crazy, right? And, I, and it's funny because when I looked at photos of you guys, and we have never met, I was like, these are guys that have been at the cafe. These are those guys that mixed out. These are the guys at <laughs> Tacos Via Corona. Like, I just don't know, them, you know, but like, sure, yeah, 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 sure. That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. But yeah. I think that's, I think the Instagram, I think using Instagram in that way, especially for, for artists is, is pretty important. But I mean, I, I think the process is like, it's like going into a studio to watch a band play, you know, record. If you have no business there, it's kind of like, all right, cool. You guys, uh, yeah, you guys are killing it. I'm gonna head out because it's fucking boring. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that looking at your own process, you're like, yeah, I sketch this shit and then I paint this thing. You know, it's not that compelling to you, but understanding that you need to share it or feeling compelled to share it is a is is has worked out. You know, and it's important. I think now because there's that pressure to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like, I mean, I, th I think it's transitioning. Like, I think it's like, now I feel like, oh man, I, I don't, I'd rather, I'd like to get rid of it or something. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. like, the, but you still look back at that moment where it's like, I don't have to just like, like now I do use it more like, oh, there's this show, but I, I do it less for like little tiny postage stamp, like drawings. That was the original magic. Yeah, of it. yeah, yeah. Like I could share things like no one would ever like really, really know. Like, yeah, maybe no one knows what I look like, but also like no one ever would see this postage stamp size drawing. And that felt like something I see what you mean. that like in the history of people in my position who were like, like making art, like, so it's like, oh, you have a show. So that's how people see your art. That was the first, <laughs> or you do commercial projects. And it's like, oh, the band decides they liked that logo. So they know that thing you did, like all these things outside yeah, of your, yeah. it's just about that control. And so it's like, this is the first time that it's like, I can just post this little thing. And I think like now that's sort of, over. yeah, now like, I think now we have algorithm and we have, it's like, <laughs> no, well, now we gotta, we gotta get, we gotta get you out of that shirt, Jeff. That's how you're going to get the likes, bro. Let's see. Let's see that yeah. steers body. You know what I mean? On main that, well, that's kind of what I'm interested in because when I was talking about before about coming from, you know, the pre-internet era of, of being an artist. And, like, back in the day, you would just, like, hey, I made this, you know, movie title or this skateboard or this Apple Watch thingy or whatever it is, and you just make it and the company pays you money and you say thank you and that's it. But now when you do it, and we were joking about, like, headphone collabs earlier, like, you can't just, like, design a pair of headphones and, and cash your check and say that's it. It's, like implied that you're going to do some content on instagram around the process of you designing it yeah. it's gonna you know it's it's gonna be a whole thing now where back then it was not it just didn't exist at all do you do you miss that or do you kind of like having a little extra extra step yeah i mean i used to like pressure clients to credit me <laughs> like i would do projects like in in the past 10 years where i'd be like i can't believe they, they they won't even credit me, you know, like in like they send it for awards or something and my name's not on it. Oh, wow. you know, like that. Okay. And it yeah. seems like, wait, that's hard to believe. Like people are going to hear this and be like, that's work that's for hire, sufficient. baby. They don't give a shit, dude. Yeah, they don't <laughs> like, care. We paid you a lot of money. I mean, yeah, I think the thing about as you know, like like Jason said, like you, you've you've been doing this for a very long time. We're pretty aware of, of your career, but like there's like a certain style 
that you've developed that's pretty recognizable that I feel like it would be almost weird to not credit. Like, it's like, oh, I, is that a fake? Did you get a fake Jeff to do this? Or did you get, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, why would you yeah. not? <laughs> but do you think it's just like they want the credit, they want it to be like a faceless kind of like, this is what we made? Or, or is it deeper than that? Well, I think it's like that was still, it was still tied into this tradition of like commercial art. Like, there was like, it's yeah, hard to believe yeah. that it was like, oh, no, there was this like, and there was this very broad description of art that wasn't like fine art that was like anything commercial. And so like I, my sort of career has been about like breaking down that understanding, you know, that it's like when there was things that I would do where it was like a campaign or like packaging or something that was clearly like what you described. It totally looked like I did it. And that was very deliberate. You know, <laughs> yeah. I was like developing this body of yeah, work yeah. that was like, yeah, no, you can tell I did it. Like you, but you know, clients would still at that point give me like, okay, this is what, like we want it to be like, and and I would just sort of ignore it because it, you know, because they would, they were still in this old mode where they were like, yeah, we have this brief, but the reality is like briefs yeah, are like, yeah. like shouldn't the artist come up with the brief, you know? And that's like, you know, it's like <laughs> I, that's why you would come to me, and yeah. so there's all these things that like over the past like two decades have sort of devolved into my benefit, but at the very beginning of it, it was like, here's a brief, show me five different things, and they look all different. And we're not going to credit you. And then we get to the point now where it's like, co like you know, collapse, right? Yeah, so it's like yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm just, it's just like make something compelling, <laughs> make a video about it, talk about it, explain what it's about. Like, there's no brief, yeah. You know what I mean? But you're basically doing the same thing, like in a different way. But at the same, you're sort of going. And then there's there are people doing still pure design that are not getting credit, right? Oh, yeah. There's people like designing packaging, you know, like I have friends who are actual real designers and, you know, they're doing packaging and they don't get any credit unless they put it on social media. Yeah. Or something. And then they'll get in trouble for doing that. They do, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then they get sued. <laughs> yeah. Cease and desist. I guess, yeah. I guess back in the day, you know, those, those brands, like they consider themselves, you know, if, if I like some, you know, middle management person at Nike, I, I am an artist who didn't do what I wanted to do in life and now I have this job. Yeah. But I'm going to be an artist and my art is hiring Jeff McFetrich to <laughs> to do this yeah, thing. Exactly. And I'm and exactly I'm gonna get a fucking hard on telling him what to do because there's this many zeros on the check. Yes. And and yeah. and now it's just like mm, you just do everything. Yeah. Do it. And then we'll put your and then you could sign the bottom of it. And we'll have a little party. Yeah. No, and those previous, <laughs> there was nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that is like a dark read on, but that's a, that is a sort of reality, I guess, for some of it. Um, but that was also, I would say that was way more in this transitional time, like the really uncomfortable time. Cause now you have like the, any people that I'm working with, like in collabs are sort of like more like sort of native to this, the new sort of paradigm of how things are made and this understanding that, it's yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. it's like design, art making, marketing, like it's all like one sort of thing. I, I, at this point, I think it's maybe we're in our last days of it, but like it is like it has been this viable way for me, like like keeping those sort of projects in the mix as well as like art making has been worth it. You know, like I do spend more. I noticed in the past few years, I spend way more time just painting, and I think it's like maybe because those sort of days like as again like i'm sort of been early to a lot of this stuff and i think i've got to reap a lot of benefits of like 
different aspects as culture sort of turns like i'm sort of like so i do feel like things are turning where it's like maybe it's like it could i mean it could be simply described as like we're burned out on collabs but it's <laughs> sure. also like i think like culture is sort of changing like it's like less it's less loud it's less arresting it's less it's just yeah. less impactful mm-hmm. yeah but i but I, definitely like it's been like like it's really fun to like work on paintings at the same time i'm working on something that's like basically like a painting but it's going to be on like a shoe or you know some sort of product one for you one for them well well in in the spirit of being in the last days of of something have you typed in draw this blank in the style of jeff mcfetridge onto (laughs) uh mid journey and (laughs) i have not uh people have for when it first see it people would be like i made this and they'd send it to me (laughs) which is sort of like demented like (laughs) um just the way people send me like have you seen this guy and it's someone whose like entire career is based on like (laughs) like doing art that looks like like people are like why do you send this to me no people love people love to say that that's like when they they send me reddit comments about how much people hate me i'm like i don't i don't look at i don't need to look at i don't look at this for a reason so i don't need you to send it to me again it doesn't it doesn't work that way i know and do you do you do that to other people Absolutely not. I would only send a flattering photo or a glowing review. That's I'm not going to. I'm not going to redistribute (laughs) bad information. If you're my friend, you know what I mean. I feel the same. It's crazy, but I do feel like definitely like AI is going to be very hard on the people who like like I do have careers that are based on like copying me and other people. Maybe you know (laughs) that's going to be AI is going to be really hard on them. They're like, wait, that is that's going to be that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. Going to be hard on all of your sons across the world. Yes. With Adobe accounts. Yeah. <laughs> All the guys with Adobe subscriptions are fucked. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's they should discount that uh, starting, you know, pretty soon. Is the now do you do what is your what is your day to day look like? Is it just like I get up and I paint and see what happens, or is it a little more regimented than that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, regimented. Uh, I'm very regimented. You seem like a type. You're a type. You're a type A ass motherfucker. So what time? You no, getting up I'm at five thirty and cold plunging and shit? What are we doing? No, no, I'm really not type A. I'm not a type A guy. But I am. I'm. I'm. I'm like a non-type A guy. So I that has. So I know like routine like works well for me. You know what I mean? We're big. Ru- Jason and I are big routine mm-hmm. guys too. That's a big part of the show. Yeah. Um. I. I'm. It. It throws. Yeah. You know, Jason was was having a tough time on his honeymoon because he's like, I got to fucking, you know, I can't go to the gym. I'm not out of my sauna. The food, you know, the food's mm-hmm. crazy. Like I, I it was pure hell. It's pure hell. <laughs> but so you have you have things you do every day, though, that kind of put you in your zone. Yeah, I mean, I, it's yeah. Like I joke like, no, I know you guys like engage in that stuff. And I think like I joke like we had some friends in town. I was like. The wellness routine may bleed well into the afternoon. You know what I mean? Like it's sure, like sure, yeah, like yeah. it can go like we, oh, you know, went for a run, uh, stretched, had like second breakfast, like which is like <laughs> like a smoothie, and then you're sort of like into like do a little work, reply to emails, then you're having lunch, and so it fe- starts you know then have like a healthy lunch. You know what I mean? Like it's like sure. uh, like wellness routine. So you're just living a normal life. Got it? Okay, basically, yeah, it's a pretty normal life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I do something every morning. That's like the sort of activities thing. Like, so yeah, depending on my focus, but it'll be most like lately it's been like, it was like, like really serious cycling for a long, long time. Hmm. Um, but that sort of varied, like now I, like I drive my daughter to school in the morning. So I'm like in the car, so I don't want to have a bike. So like it more trail running, which I've been doing 
for a long time as well. well. You're not, so you're not in the gym. You're an outside workout guy. No, I've been to a gym. Like I've been to church twice and I've been to a gym <laughs> like three times. Like, wow. I, well, actually I like I, for a while I went to the, I, which I know you guys go to the undefeated gym, right? We d- I did during COVID. Yeah. Cause it was like the only thing open. Cause they were breaking oh, the rules. Okay. But okay. I, I love, it's so beautiful. It's such a nice facility. Yeah. I used, I did one experiment where I went to the gym because I trained, I was, I went, I did Mount Whitney, like Mount Whitney in a day. Yeah. And I was like, and I've always been like an out, yeah, just strictly outdoors guy. And I was like, I'm going to train entirely for Whitney indoors in the gym, just as an experiment. Cause I knew like, whatever, like I've done other stuff and it was, it was pretty cool. And then that was it. I was done. (laughs) And then, I learned how to like lift weights and and you and you just did that. Did you just do that for Instagram content? Like <laughs> yes. I'm gonna do Whitney today. Get ready with me. Yeah, I didn't put that on Instagram. Like for example, <laughs> What's nobody up? knows I went to the undefeated gym. I didn't take any like weird, you know. Okay. There was one That's photo smart. that I did Whitney that my friend took of me at the base, which I was debating like I'm not putting it, but I didn't put like a summit photo or no summit photo. That's that. Wow. That, that is, that is, did you hashtag snow peak or anything? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> leaving money <laughs> on the table. Sponsors. Yeah. You're leaving money on the table. That's my style. See, that's like, I'm not type a, I definitely am like leave money on the table guy. Got it. That's okay. well, that, I mean, if you're in a position to leave money on the table and life is going well, that's the thing. That's yeah. just, that's a sign of success is how I look at it. Or is it just being dumb? I don't know. Well, both. A little bit of both. But, you know, these are the questions that keep us up at night, Jeff. I know. I wanted to talk about your relationship with Spike a little bit just because I feel like it's so, like, long running. Yeah. And I saw that he kind of hosted a screening. And I just, like, how did that relationship start with Grand Royal? It did. I actually didn't. I didn't know him. I started with, like, because he owned Girl and Chocolate Skateboards. So I was doing graphics of course, for them, of like, in the late 90s. And But I didn't really meet it. He was, like, by that time, he was already sort of, like, sort of gone. Like, he was making videos, and he was, like, sort of uh, really busy. Yeah. Like, sort of his, his film career was starting. And so strangely, like, I did, like, I started working for Sophia when him and Sophia were married. I was working for Girl and Chocolate, and then I did Virgin Suicides, and I was doing stuff for her clothing brand, Milkfed, and I I still hadn't met Spike. So, like, because he was, like, in a different circle, and I was doing stuff for the Beastie Boys, so I'd get in photo stories, and it'd be photos of Spike. Um, And then when he did his, when he did Being John Malkovich, he, like, reached out, and, like, I started working with him then. Mm-hmm. And then I sort of did something for him on every film since. And he became like, we became close. And I feel really lucky to have yeah. known him. Like, it's only in retrospect, you're like, oh, wait, that's really lucky to have someone like Spike as like a, like someone you could truly look up to, like the way he operated, like the way he did his career. Yeah. And then also just like asking him for advice. Mm. No, it's a very enviable career path. Like, it does feel like. It feels I think there's some people that are able to do the money stuff and make it look very fun yeah. and cool. And I think you're you're in that boat and I'm sure that some of that rubbed off. You know what I mean? It's like I think he's in that boat. Yeah. Like Sophia's in that boat, you know. It's just like I think some people make it look good um and especially in today's world where we're just like just constantly hitting the face with people yes. doing stuff for money yeah. <laughs> in a way that that feels <laughs> like extremely clear yeah. what the situation is it's like i think that it's it's there's people that have learned to do it with the right touch where it's like yeah i'm going to direct a commercial that's going to be on yes. tv during the super bowl but yes. it's going to be cool and interesting and i'm going to make it good 
Yes. Um, and I, I think that's like a big thing that we could learn. Dream come true. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, as, a as a society. Yeah. No, I think it's like really getting to, it's like looking at like, like a savant mm -hmm. at like make exactly that. Like I'm going to do a commercial. Like yeah, people look back and they're like, oh, this great music video bit. I never saw it. But that is really interesting to watch him do. Like I did, I worked with him on like a bunch of stuff for Lee Jeans. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, I, it's like, that's the hard stuff. Like for that, you're Spike Jones, and you don't say no to Lee Jeans. But what do you, you know what I mean? Like, but what, what do, do I do? do? Like, what's know? the idea? Yeah. Like, what's the concept? Yeah. yeah, for sure. How do we make it interesting and compelling? And how does he talk to the client? Like, it's not like he's never like, I hate them. I'm fighting with them. Or it's this collaborative, positive vibe, which is like what you have to have. Like now, it's like when I work. Like for me, it's like you work with Apple. Like, of course you're not going to fight with Apple. But of course, Spike wasn't going to fight with the Lee Jeans agency. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Even though they weren't like super, you know, they weren't like super impressive. But like getting to see that, or like how, like, yeah, Sophia balanced like how she's going to spend time writing, but then she's going to like make a film and do commercials, and she has a brand, and so I like getting to you know when she was doing Milk Fed, and so like yeah, getting to see the, the, see them you know really navigate that world is like was really was really lucky and i think now it's like sort of a given like now we live in a time where it's like oh yeah like if you're a band it's like yeah license the song like of course you know yeah, totally. and at the time it would be like when you like when i was i would work in animation and you'd like reach out to a band and be like are they gonna say yes like like tons of bands would be like no even though they were broke <laughs> you know and turn down sixty thousand dollars to license their song you know they're like those okay. days those thank god those days there's a fine line don't get me wrong but thank god those days are over i you know, think thank so. god those days are over. i think so it's sort of that it's sort of like a boring it's sort of like the film versus digital debate you know it's just sort of like nothing well comes this is this, you know this is i i saw there's this big opinion piece this week in the guardian about barbie and they're like Greta Gerwig was an indie. They basically were killing Ugh. Greta Gerwig for directing Barbie because she used to be indie. I'm like, what the fuck do you expect people to do? Yeah. If you call me, if you call me and say direct Barbie, you can do whatever you want. You got to do that. Like there's no world in which you don't do that. I just don't, I can never understand that, especially in today's society, like where we're at yeah. culturally. Like there's, we, no one has time. Like, let, okay, let her make a mistake. Like, yeah, who cares? Who cares? like it's just like, let's just keep going, like make more stuff. Like, yeah. and that's the way I feel about AI. Like, fine. Like, like just, I, I destroy everything. We'll start again. Let's go. Let's, mm -hmm. you know, let's do better. Let's like, let's be the AI. Let's just keep going and not like those conversations are so like, Anything I feel like that gets in the way of like making something, you have to question. Yeah. Like you just question it, you know? And I think that's like when, when your rules, like if you're a straight edge and it means there's a lot of stuff you can't do or you have to start questioning it. And when you have like, like this sort of ideology of making things, it's like, oh no, it's, it's like a sellout. Like you have to like, yeah, have that discussion, but question it extra if it means you're not doing something. I think it's a confidence thing. I think it's about being like, like, like what you're saying about, about Spike. It's like, well, I know I can make this something that I feel good about. So I'm going to do it. Like, there's no downside if you approach it like that, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, if you approach it like, I'm going to do the best job so I feel good at the end of the day and everyone's happy, then, like, there's no downside. Yeah. You know, there's no, no downside. No, and I am sure he he would have reasons, like, probably, like, if you look at his first films, like, there's scenes in, like, adaptation, there's, like, a car wreck mm -hmm. that I think about all the time because it's really important in Los Angeles. Like, when you pull out of your drive, like, someone pulls out of the drive and they get smoked. <laughs> yes, sure. And it's like, <laughs> that is how you die in L.A., right? Um, 
but also because the way it's shot, it's so violent and scary. And it's like, yeah, he learned that scene. It's like, maybe it's not that important in the film, but it's really cool how good it is. And he learned that making commercials. I see what you right? mean. Yeah. So yeah. like Greta Gerwig, like, it's like, you go like, well, what she's going to learn the mechanisms of like mega, mega yeah, movie. It's valuable. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's valuable. That's a valuable tool when she goes on to make like the most mega art movie ever. Uh, right? Yeah. It's like a building. Yeah. It's a build. It all feeds each other. It's like a building block kind of situation. That's the hope. Jeff, yeah. speaking of, uh, speaking of music sinks, I wanted to ask you, what uh what high dollar things did you turn down back in the 90s when you were averse to selling out that you are now regretting oh my god <laughs> yeah we know. i mean just like not <laughs> answering the phone i look at oh my god like i have like a crazy archive of like <laughs> like i keep everything like and i was going through it and like like putting it away like cleaning out the studio and i'm like yeah it's just like i don't know like stuff like apple calling me to come talk to their design studio and just not even replying and oh, like <laughs> like yeah like I, like i found like faxes from a woman she was in oh like virgin like it was like virgin music like she was like we we really want it like it was someone from virgin like really just trying to get in touch with me and that's like not a big deal but just the fact that like there was just so much stuff i just didn't even respond to like but why i don't i mean I think that there's a benefit. Like I've always sort of paced myself by being like, sort of like in my own world. Mm -hmm. Like, so I have this like very natural pace, but I also know how much I can take. So I was I'm sort of like doing enough. And I think my brain like did a lot of editing. So there was a lot of stuff like I, opportunities maybe like I didn't take, um, but it was sort of for this purpose. Like, I feel like I, I can't, like, I don't have like a ton of, Especially, I think I have more capacity now, but like I just was sort of overwhelmed. Like I was like learning how to. I I definitely feel like I like sort of. I spend a lot of time learning how to be like a human being. Like way more. Like I look at young people now, and they've like I right, look at my daughter. I have a twenty year old daughter, and she's just so functional, mm -hmm. and she's so like I can ask her advice about like life advice, and she's like, yeah, yeah, don't talk to people like that and do that and don't like <laughs> be like this and like. That stuff like I just didn't, I wasn't capable of. Yeah. And that, and I mean, it's like, how does that relate to like turning down opportunities? But it was like, because I was sort of like too busy, like growing up, I feel like until I was 30. Yeah. Or even past that, that it was like, I just, that there wasn't, I couldn't, I wasn't really capable of, of taking on a sort of maybe a sort of like an art career that was more planned out or like deliberate you know mm -hmm. so i'm sort of stuck with uh like a rambling like uh feel my way yeah. um sort of way of like being who i am now but there's no wrong way there's no wrong way or right Things way it worked out well yeah that's what i'm saying yeah um, i mean i i'm ha i mean it's just at least it's like it's like i think it's like building a treehouse, right it's like oh like bang it like oh i like to put my coffee cup like it's like the tree is like you build around the tree. You don't mm. like cut off limbs or anything. You build mm. around the tree. You like when you want to like, oh, I need a place for my water bottle. You find a piece of wood and you like hammer it in and you put it there. <laughs> and so you do end up with this like 
you know, you don't end up with a Tadeo Endo beautiful, <laughs> you know. Yeah, sure. Like, it it, it works know? for you. Yeah, it works yeah. for you. It works for you. <laughs> then that's all that matters. Uh, no, yeah. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us on How Long Gone. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll take you honor. We'll take you over to Proof for a, for a Gibraltar, you know, in the near future when everybody's back in L.A. Nice. Thank you so much. Yeah, Jeff, do you get do you get free juice for life at the juice? I do. You're fucking better, right? <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's the fucking trade-off. <laughs> I will do a mural for free juice. Noted, noted. All of our entrepreneurs listening, Jeff will do a free mural. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. You guys let us know. Can we edit that out, actually? Yeah. <laughs> I need to take that out. Uh, no, Jeff, thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure. Thank you. And, um, and we'll talk to you soon. See you soon. Yes. Talk soon.